It is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. I'm Chip Stewart, and welcome back to the Worthy as He podcast. Um, so right here at the beginning of this episode, I'd like to share with you um, the, reason, the reason why I'm doing this, why I started this podcast this year. And it's because my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is worthy of all honor and all praise. He's worthy of my living my life for Him. And by doing things like this, I, I hope to stir up my brothers and sisters to love and good works through obedience to our Savior. And also to encourage us to run the race set before us. And all of this so that we may hear, all of us may hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And this for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Father in heaven. So that led me to create this podcast last month. Actually, it wasn't last month. It was two months ago, back in January. It's March now. And um, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for, for joining. Thanks for listening. So today, during this episode, I'd like for us to talk about removing those things from our lives that, that don't honor God. Um, you know, some, some, some of the things that God tells us, you know, as Christians living in this world, um, he, he commands us to have no other gods before him. He commands us to not make any carved image or likeness of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the waters underneath or to bow down and serve them. Don't have any idols in your life. And um, those are from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. They should sound very familiar. Um, also from, from the book of James, he tells us to keep ourselves unstained from the world. So, you know, based on this world we live in, uh, with the deception, the filth, the depravity, that we see all around us, that, that this generation is swimming in, we probably need to ask ourselves if we are in need of a spiritual cleanup operation. You know, ask ourselves, do we have other gods in our lives? Are we worshiping any other gods in our lives? Are we stained by the world? Our God is a jealous God, and He will share His glory with no other. So it behooves us to get these things out because He is worthy of all praise, all glory, shares it with no others. I'd like to share with you um, what I did soon after I became a, a believer. Um, when I did, I, I realized that I had objects in my house that were offensive to God, um, generally of a spiritual nature. Um, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would reveal all of these items to me so I could get rid of them all. Um, so I collected them up, and uh, it was one snowy day in, uh, in Canada. I, uh, I took them outside, went out back, and I burned them all up. But those things that, that I had that I, I couldn't burn, I, I, I smashed them. I, I destroyed them as best I could. I mean, things like stuff from Freemasonry, the Book of Mormon, stuff like that. Um, I, you know, I, I couldn't keep them in my house any longer because I knew that they, they were, um, antichrist in nature and I couldn't give them to anybody because why would I want to curse them with these, these things? So I, I destroyed them. They, they had to be destroyed. 
and, and when I came to Christian, I think I based um, I, I based these actions mostly on um, the scripture found in Acts chapter 19, verses 18 through 20, where it, where it, the um, they burned up all these books of magic and things like that. And, and it said, also, many of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and were burned and, and were burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. So they did the right thing. They took these things that were offensive to God, witchcraft, books of magic, all these sorts of things that God forbids and burned them up. Once they became Christians, they realized that they they had no value to them. Even though they were worth a lot of money, they were offensive to God. So it was more important to burn them up than get any money for them. They must be destroyed because of what they are in the sight of God. So that's really, I think, the, the motivation um, that, that um, for my going out and destroying these, these items um, once I became a Christian. So there's another example I'd like for us to look at, and that is of King Josiah of Judah and his spiritual cleanup operation. So this is found in, uh, in chapters 22 and 23 of 2 Kings and starts off with, uh, in chapter 22, Josiah becoming king of Israel. And in verse 2 it says, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Also in this chapter, he directs the people to repair the temple. And then in doing so, they discover the book of the law and they read it. Apparently, this has been lost. Clearly, the kings of Judah were not following it, um, disobeying the Lord. So when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes, meaning he knew that they were in grave violation of what the Lord had commanded as a nation. And he says, Go inquire the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. He certainly, here King Josiah certainly has a heart after the Lord. Because he discovers the word of God here. And then, as you will see, this, this leads to action. He is fearless when it comes to doing those things that God wants him to do, the things that, that God commands him um, to honor God. It, it's clear that he has a fear of God um, in him. So in chapter 23, he reads the word of, of God before the people. And then Josiah, King Josiah, makes a covenant with the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And then the people join the covenant, the, the, the covenant here. And, and this part, this next part is what amazed me because you will see in the kings of, of Judah that they will kind of vacillate back and forth. Um, some will, will be very wicked in the eyes of the Lord. Some will, will do fairly well, but they, they 
I think almost to the king, um, fail to clean up all of the pagan idolatry that is found in the nation of Israel. But Josiah seems to be the exception. As I'm reading through what he does, it seems like he has cleaned up all of it. He goes after all of it. And, you know, you think as a man, you know, you'd be afraid of the pushback from your fellow man. And, he, and King Josiah would be afraid of the, the repercussions on his kingdom. But clearly he fears the Lord more than he fears man. So he undertakes this enormous, and, and it sounds almost like a complete cleanup operation, uh, to, to rid Israel of all the places of worship, all the idols, all the, all the things of worship that are not of the Lord God. So I'm going to read through these. And you know, just something of interest um, to you is that there, there's a there's a book that I, I I read again recently, at least the first half of it, by Alexander Hislop, called "The Two Babylons," where he he connects like Asherah, um, Molech, all of these gods, all these false gods that are worshipped, uh, that are mentioned um, in the Bible, and links them all back to Nimrod. If you remember Nimrod from uh, the Tower of Babel, um, his wife Samaramis and uh, their child Tammuz, and they they're all idols where people worship man. People believe that that man is their salvation, that we can save ourselves, that we're responsible for saving ourselves and being like God. And, of course, there are demons behind these idols, and Satan certainly excites this rebellion in man and supports it. But this idol worship is basically saying that we, we worship ourselves. We worship men that came before us that were deified. We can become gods. And it's false, it's offensive to God, and it's not true. And so you will see the vestiges of this in all of these, all of this idolatry that he, he wipes out of Judah. So here's what he does. He brought, he brought out of the temple of Yahweh, all the vessels that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the host of heaven. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. He did away with the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had appointed and who burned incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the surrounding areas of Jerusalem, as well as those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations, and to all the host of heaven. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of Yahweh outside, outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kidron and ground it to dust, and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He also tore down the houses of the male cult prostitutes, which were in the house of Yahweh, where the women were weaving hangings for the Asherah. Then he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah, and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense, from Gabah to Beersheba. And he tore down the high places of the gates, which were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the rule of the city, which were on one man, which were on one's left at the city gate. 
he also defiled Topheth, which is the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire for Molech. He did away with the horses which the kings of Judah had given to the sun at the entrance of the house of Yahweh by the chamber of Nathan Melech, the official, which was in the precincts, and he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. The altars which were on the roof, the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of Yahweh, the king tore down. And he crushed them there and threw their dust in the brook Kidron. And the high places which were before Jerusalem, which were on the right of the Mount of Destruction, which Solomon the king of Israel had built for Ashtoreth, the detestable idol of the Sidonians, and for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the sons of Ammon, the king defiled. And he broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherim and filled their places with human bones. Furthermore, the altar that was at Bethel and the high place with Jeroboam and the son of the, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, had made even that altar and the high place he tore down. Then he demolished its stones, ground them to dust, and burned the Asherah. Then Josiah turned and he saw the graves that were there on the mountain, and he sent and took the bones from the graves and burned them on the altar and defiled it according to the word of Yahweh, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these things. And also all the houses of the high places, which were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made provoking Yahweh to anger, Josiah removed. And he did to them just as he had done in Bethel. And all the priests of the high places who were who were there, he slaughtered on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Moreover, the mediums and the spiritists and the teraphim and the idols and all the detestable things that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, Josiah purged in order that he might establish the words of the law, which were written in the book that Hilkiah, the priest, found in the house of Yahweh. And then it goes on to say, Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Then the next verse says, unfortunately, that still the Lord did not turn away from his burning wrath because of what Manasseh did as king of Judah. But if you look at what he's done, he has eliminated all of these pagan elements of worship which seem to point back at least according to Alexander Hislop to the unholy trinity of Nimrod, Samaramis, and Tammuz. He's done an amazing thing in honor of the Lord. He feared the Lord more than man and wanted to do what was right according to the Lord. So If we apply this to ourselves, I think we need to examine ourselves and see if we need a spiritual cleanup operation so that we can reject those things that are offensive to God and repent of them. To look for those things in our lives that that we have latched onto that are of the world, of the Antichrist system. And, and we've got to destroy them. We, we've got to remove them from our lives without regret, without turning back, 
and instead turning to the Lord. You know, our Lord tells us in this life, we need to be vigilant. We need to be discerning. We need to be watching and waiting for his return to not, to not grow slack in, in what we do. But sometimes I fear that we as Christians have fallen asleep like the, the disciples who were with our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying. You know, are, are, we, are we sleepwalking through this life, you know, and enjoying the pleasures of this world, and then all of a sudden just discover ourselves caught in snare after snare, trap after trap? What, what just happened? <laughs> we, we need to be vigilant. We need to be discerning. We have to ask ourselves, are, are we enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin rather than considering the reproach of Christ's greater wealth than the treasures of this world system? You know, I, think, I think we need to wake up to the reality of our situation, who we are in Christ, how we are children of our Father in heaven, and, and rely on Him rather than than what man can give us. We need to take a, a very serious look at, at what we're being given, what we're being fed spiritually. And we need to reject those things of the world and the devil that are, that are offensive to our Lord. And, and certainly those things that are counter to his word. Another thing I think we need to ask ourselves, maybe, maybe we just don't really realize it, but are we expecting our inheritance now? You know, there's, there's stories in the Bible about sons wanting their, their inheritance from their fathers now. The prodigal son, he wanted his inheritance and went off and spent it. Um, he wanted it prematurely. Um, you know, are we expecting our inheritance now, our kingdom life now? But, um, but instead, you know, instead of being from God, are we accepting it from the devil's hands? Like when he was tempted by Christ in the desert. Um, you know, if you turn to Matthew chapter 4, um, starting verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these, th all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Is that what... Is that what we're doing in this life? Are we taking things offered by the devil? He wants us to worship him instead of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 10, then Jesus said to him, go Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, we need to examine ourselves and see if there's anything in our lives that are, that are detracting from our worship of God and distracting us, pulling us away to perhaps the worship of something else. I think as Christians, um, you know, based on all this, as Christians, we need to start practicing saying no to those things that are offensive to God and, and are forbidden by God, those things that are of no value to us. And, and when doing so, we need to be willing to suffer the consequences for it. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, those who, who love Christ will be persecuted. And, you know, here in America, why aren't we being persecuted? 
I think it started. But I think it we, we need to reflect on that and, and ask ourselves, is it is it because we are too much like the world? Are we accepting these things of the world and, and um, you know, eating out of the hand of the devil? You know, I think um, one example that, that you could point of, of something that is harmful to us spiritually and, and God expects us to say no to, or Christians to say no to, um, is acceptance of the mark of the beast. In, uh, in the book of Revelation. I mean, that's a very clear example where God warns Christians, do not accept this mark, because those who accept the mark cannot be saved. It sounds pretty unbelievable, but that's what God says. So our Father expects His children to reject this mark and, and suffer the consequences for rejecting it. And it could result in, in being beheaded for the name of God, for the name of Christ. But I think, you know, we need to start saying no. We, we need to, to do that self-examination, those things that are polluting our lives, that we're being stained for by the world, by the, the, those things in the world that are, that are staining us. Um, we need to say no to, and, and we can't compromise with the wickedness of sin, the devil, the world system. We just can't compromise anymore because God is worth it. He's holy. He's our Father. When you look at our, our nation, you know we, we're we're told that there's a separation of church and state. Which which you know why why would they say that? Because it's not really written in any of the official documents. I think they found it in a letter um, from from one of the founding fathers to somebody. It may have been in Jefferson. I I don't remember right off. But why, why would they why would they want separation of church and state? In the way they interpret it now, meaning you can't speak anything from the Bible anymore in in uh, public discourse in 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 the function of government. Why why would they do that? Why would they why would they want to shut that down? Because it's the truth, and it would hold them accountable. And they don't want the truth of the truth of God to be heard. You know, we we have to understand that our God expects nations to seek Him, honor, and obey Him. Otherwise, they're going to suffer his wrath. In Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, it says, Therefore, because your hard and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each one according to his deeds. And in Micah chapter 5, verse 15, And the Lord will take vengeance and anger and wrath on the nations that have not obeyed him. Is that not our nation right now? Obadiah 15, for the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. And I encourage you to go back and listen to my episode entitled Wood America. And um, you'll, you'll quickly see that we are, as a nation, storing up wrath for, our, for ourselves. And, and as Christians, what, what, are, what should we do? What should we do? Because clearly we're trying to be silenced. You know, what should we do? Well, first I need to say that, and I believe I've said it before, only the right thing done in the right way is right, and right according to God. You know, he tells us what, what we can and can't do, you know, how we honor Him in the conduct of our lives. So 
you know, my first recommendation is read and understand the Word of God. Read it constantly, every day. Keep going through it and going through it and going through it. It was, it was, it was a reading and understanding of the Word of God that led Josiah to rend his clothes and clean out all the idolatry from Judah. And he even reached up into Israel and got rid of the high places up there. It's what led me to, to destroy those uh, idolatrous spiritual offenses that were in my house. Um, so we, we need to understand what God says, and we do that by reading his word. I think we need to repent of our own sins, of commission and omission. We need to do that on a regular basis. We need to cut out those things in our lives that do not honor God. Destroy them. Get rid of them. Don't look back. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and prune us so that we bear more fruit. And pruning could be getting rid of some of these things that are, are keeping us from being effective servants of Christ in this life. That really should be our goal. It goes back up to why I am doing things like this podcast. To stir up my brothers and sisters to love and good works through obedience to our Savior and to encourage us to run the race before us so that we, we all may hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And this is all for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Father in heaven. I think we need to pray for our communities and our nation. Probably do it more. We need to proclaim the word of God. We need to proclaim his righteousness. We need to proclaim the salvation he provides through his son. This is the gospel, the good news. People are not going to find salvation in man. They can worship these idols all day long. But it's not going to solve the problem they have where they're at enmity with God. They're under his wrath. They're, it, it is a full-blown rebellion. And they need to realize that. And that's only, they, they can only realize if they hear the truth of God. As Christians, we need to refuse to bow the knee to doctrines of demons. We need to, to reject them. We need to say no. And, and suffer consequences. We need to prepare for the consequences. But we need to say no to the doctrines of demons that surround us. These lies, these deceptions of the world system. We cannot compromise the truth of our almighty God for the lies of this world. And wrapping it up, I think the last couple things that we need to remember is, is our Lord tells us we are, we are salt in this world. And, and if we lose the saltiness, what, what good are we? It's a, it's a preservation. It's an it's a ability to preserve things, to, to prevent putridity, you know, things prevent things from rotting. As we see things rotting around us, it's, it's like it's an exponential rotting that we're seeing in our country. And we're salt. We're supposed to prevent that. But if, we're, if we lose our saltiness, what good are we? We just cast us out in, along the way and, and let us be trampled underfoot. It's useless. We're useless if we, if we can't be salt. And this kind of reminds me of the, the, 
our Lord's letter to the church of Laodicea, where he's, you're neither hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Is that where we are right now? Finally, we're, we're the light of the world. And it goes back to what I was saying about sharing the gospel. We, we have the, the truth. We need to share it. You know, if you're not, if you're putting your light under a bushel, that's going along with the whole lie that we have in this world. Oh, just, you know, I, I, I know you're spiritual. Just, just keep your faith to yourself. You know, it's my personal faith. Well, we are commanded to make disciples and be light in, the, in this world. So, I, you know, we need to, to examine what lies are we following. But I think, you know, back to the main theme, if you will, of this podcast, of this episode. Um, what things in our lives do we need to clean out to make us more effective servants of Christ? For His glory, you know what are what what are where are we compromising? What are, what are we allowing in our lives that don't honor Him? And be ruthless. Be as bold as Josiah. Do not fear what man says. Fear God. And expunge these things from your life. And I'm I'm fairly certain God will bless you for it. Pray that the Holy Spirit reveals these things in your life. That's probably the best first step. Pray that he'll open your eyes to these things and you can get them out. Stop doing it. Destroy it. You know, stop watching it. Whatever it is. Join me in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us on the cross so that we may have eternal life, which is knowing you and the Son. Father, he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of our lives. He is worthy of all the fruit that we produce. Lord, I... I pray for all of us that you open our eyes to those things that we do, those things we have in our lives that do not honor you. They're idolatrous. That are offensive in your eyes. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to please you as our Father in heaven. Reveal those things to us. And give us the strength to get rid of them and have no regrets. And this is so that we can turn and be more pure, be more like your son, Jesus Christ. You call us to be holy for you are holy. Lord, I pray you help us. And Lord, help us to be salt and light in this world. There is an evil abounding that can only be countered with your truth, your light. And Father, you've given it to us. 
Lord, help us to make disciples around us, to spread your love and show that you have given your son to reconcile humanity with you. They just have to accept that sacrifice. Accept your son as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray your blessings over everyone who's listening. Father, thank you. Amen.